Shalom Falava, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Susanna Suiswiki. Ehariaki ne? Why did the Prime Minister apologize? Pacifica community leaders say the fights for overstayers will continue on. Also, little manifestations of like what our people were like, you know, back in the days. The world's largest ever Cook Islands festival made its comeback in New Zealand. And later, we bring you the latest Rugby World Cup updates. But first, in Vanuatu, where the government has boycotted Parliament, forcing an adjournment until Friday due to a lack of quorum. The extraordinary sitting was called to debate a motion of no confidence in the Prime Minister Satul Kilman, with the opposition claiming to have the support of 27 MPs to the government's 24. The boycott effectively buys Satul Kilman's camp more time to try and lobby support. It also comes after the Supreme Court upheld the dismissal of one of its MPs, further reducing its numerical strength. RNZ Pacific's correspondent in Port Vila says a motion has also been filed by the opposition to suspend another government MP, which would skew the numbers even more in their favour. Satul Kilman's government came into power less than a month ago through a similar leadership challenge. Pacifica community members in Aotearoa want all political parties to up their commitment to protecting overstayers. Dozens took part in the Savali Olifile Mu March, a peaceful march in central Auckland. Lydia Lewis has the story. Under grey skies, Pakilau Manase Lua clutched the photo of his late father. Rain or shine, hurricane or storm, we're here. This is for the memory of those that have fallen. The Dongan community leader walked the street where his ainga was dawn raided alongside survivors. The trauma roar, especially knowing Thongan families are still being visited by compliance officers. They're called out-of-hours compliance visits now, and Immigration New Zealand maintains they're not like the raids of the 1970s. But for Kenny Malier and his wife Meliana, who have lived through a dawn raid, the visits have been traumatising, not only for them but their children too. While it's no longer illegal to be in New Zealand without a visa, it's still unlawful. A wait Mr Malier wishes Immigration New Zealand would have helped him lift off sooner. The hardest thing for me was trying to make sure that I can put a loaf of bread on the table for my children. I hope for the day that I can feel secure and get residence. Mr Malia is one of 17 Pacifica overstayers who have been visited out of hours since 2015. He was detained earlier this year after police showed up at his home. The early morning raid still vivid in his wife's mind. Before, I thought that New Zealand protects my children. But when they did the dawn raid and took my husband, my opinion changed. Mr Malia has since been granted a temporary visa, but he's still on edge as he waits to hear back about residency. This following an independent review of Immigration New Zealand's practices after his case went public. The reviewers say the raids of the 70s were a racist application of New Zealand's law, where officials and police entered homes of Pacific people and dragged them out of their beds, often using dogs and in front of their children. 
In the immigration officer's view, their visit to Mr Malia was different to what happened in the 1970s, but his lawyer, Soane Foliaki, disagrees. In the dark of the night, they were back at it, you know, without any considering why did the Prime Minister apologise. Mr Foliaki says this was the case that was supposed to have ended it all. It hasn't, but after 30 years fighting for justice, he's still got faith. We always felt that New Zealand's a decent country and they'll always give us a fair go, more than any other country. We know this is also our home here in New Zealand, you know. Back at the march, Pakilao looked towards the future. We've got some work to do. We want an amnesty or pathway to residency for our uh, overstayers now. An amnesty is something National does not support. Labour has committed to an amnesty of sorts, but Mr Malia's lawyer says lots of good people would miss out. His client Kenny, for example, would not qualify for it if he did not have the work visa because he has not been in the country for more than 10 years. What they gave wasn't sufficient, it wasn't enough. And it wasn't fair or just to the Pacific Island people and other people of, of the same situation in New Zealand. But it's out of their hands. It's going to be decided you know, by the voters. I'm not really happy about uh, this at all. It's unknown exactly how many overstayers are in Aotearoa. But Kenny's lawyer says some simply fall through the cracks for reasons as simple as language barriers. And while those barriers remain, overstayers are paying taxes and do not qualify for health and social services. Cook Islanders living in New Zealand came together to celebrate their culture over the weekend with the Te Maevanui Festival. This is the third time the biannual festival has been held in Aotearoa with an extravagant two-day showcase of creative arts, language, song, music and dance. Tiana Haxton attended the sold-out event held at the Trust Arena Waitakere. Over 1,500 performers grace the stage, making up 10 teams representing the various islands, districts and villages of the Cook Islands. The crowd was in awe of the talented dancers, singers, drummers and the vibrant display of costume designs on stage. Creative director Dwayne Witchman evans says the event has outgrown previous venues and anticipates it will keep growing bigger and better. We're celebrating our culture in every way possible. Kai, food, dance, performance, song, language, everything is involved in this. And it brings the community together at all ages, from, from the mamas right down to the young ones. Who are there. Some of these youth are leading some of these groups. It's fantastic. He was very proud of the young ones that stepped up to the challenge joining the Maivanui, learning more about their identity as Cook Islanders. I think it introduces them to lots of parts of them who they don't know yet. But through the mamas and that who have come in here, the mamas and the papas who have actually led this, it's really grounded them in then understanding who they are because they live in a foreign country. John Sendaila from the Araura Inua team agrees. In New Zealand, there's nothing really that you can go to after you finish Polyfest, especially if you live in Auckland, unless you join a professional dance group. So for our young people, uh, this has been an amazing opportunity. You know, They've brought the age group a little bit lower, uh, which means more opportunity for our young people to learn their culture, um, make new friends, and to kind of understand and see what it means to celebrate who you are as a Pacific person. 
Te Maivanui has helped many Cook Islanders living in Aotearoa feel reconnected to their homeland as they are fully immersed in their culture through the months of preparation leading up to the festival. Te Koha Shortland and Benji Timu left the event feeling great pride and appreciation for their heritage. Well, I recently moved back to New Zealand from Rarotonga and I felt I was missing the culture a little bit too much so I thought I'd give it a try in New Zealand. It's brilliant. I think it's amazing having such an amazing Pacifica Cultural Festival here in New Zealand. It's a celebration of our culture and our and our traditions. For me personally, it reconnects me back to my, my people. Growing up as a you know diaspora of the Pacific, it's quite hard to live in the island way or understand those traditions and so when we have something like Te Maivanui it gives us like four months, four to five months just to really deep dive down into all the different aspects and items and it's um, little manifestations of like what our people were like you know back in the days. Over 10,000 people attended the two-day showcase which has been labelled by the Cook Islands community as a raging success. After the weekend round of World Cup matches, Fiji is the only Pacific team with a good chance of making it to the quarterfinals, despite not securing a bonus point win over Georgia. Samoa has an outside chance, but it must defeat England this coming weekend. Tonga put on a brave showing against the defeating champion South Africa, but will bow out to the tournament after consecutive defeats in the pool of death. RNZ Pacific senior sports journalist Elias Otora is in Marseille and spoke with Kurui Hawkins shortly after the Springboks Ikalitahi clash about how the weekend played out for our Pacific teams. Well, uh, Bonzo and um, Bulabinaka from uh, Marseille uh, just finished an exciting uh, uh, rugby clash here. The Tongans put up a great show against South Africa, even won praises from the uh, South African. Uh, coach after that game. Um, you know, Tonga scored three tries, managed to score three tries, the only team that has done that at the World Cup uh, so far against the Springboks. Uh, they scored three tries in that game uh, and finished strongly uh, despite losing. Um, Fiji, of course, struggled uh, against Georgia in Bordeaux um, on um, Saturday morning. Uh, very uh, inspired Georgian side uh, took the game to Fiji and uh, went all the way until the end. Uh, luckily, Fiji came back in the second half and um, and managed to score the tries that mattered in the end to win that game. Uh, Fiji were supposed to have won by a bonus point, so they they could have secured their quarterfinal berth. But Georgia uh, went hard and denied Fiji that. Uh, so Fiji now has to focus on winning the game against Portugal next weekend to get into the quarterfinal following the Wallabies win against Portugal earlier today. Uh, Samoa uh, took on uh, Japan earlier um, uh, in in the past week and um, unfortunately faltered at the end in a game they should have won to keep their hopes for the quarterfinal alive. So uh, from the three Pacific teams, Fiji is the one that uh, looks likely to go into the quarterfinal, but they first need to win against Portugal next weekend. Would a bonus point against Portugal be enough if they don't? Yeah, win they, 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 uh, yes. If if they, they they need to secure one point at least, 
that would give them an advantage over the Wallabies, but they must um, otherwise win that game against Portugal to get in. So with, with a few more Pacific teams now bowing out, um, what is your reflection on how the Pacific teams have performed compared to previous World Cups, you know, eligibility rules and all of that coming into play? How, how has this World Cup been so far for the Pacific teams? Yeah, performance, performance-wise, uh, despite the results, um, you know, they've, they've really put up uh, good shows in, in their matches, especially against the Tier 1 nations. Tonga against South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, three Tier 1 nations, one after the other. Samoa had you know, also against uh, Argentina uh, and, and Japan. Um, and they still have one against uh, England coming up. Um, Fiji, uh, you know, against Wales and Australia. You know, they've they've improved in a lot of ways, especially in the whole game. Playing 80 minutes, playing structured rugby, being able to contest uh, the set pieces in the lineups and the scrums, and being able to dictate the game uh, in their own ways also. And they've they've uh, received a lot of praises from across across the the competition here. Uh, from teams that they've played against and, and even World Rugby, commenting on on the improvements that they've seen. And and I think they will only get better um, if they are able to get more game time against Tier 1 nations, able to play together more competitively every year uh, against other teams that they can gain, uh, gain the experience and the knowledge so that they can also learn to play under pressure, uh, which uh, is one of the key things shown here at the World Cup. Uh, the, the pressure that the uh, teams commander uh, during game situations. Uh, across the rest of the field, obviously, you had the All Blacks back in action. How is the the rest of the tournament looking? Uh, well, from Pule, uh, France, New Zealand and Italy still all in the running. Uh, that will come down to the games next weekend. Uh, also in Pool B with South Africa, Ireland and Scotland. South Africa finishing off their game tonight and sitting on 15 points. Ireland and Scotland will have to fight for who uh, uh, probably joins South Africa uh, in, in the quarterfinals. Uh, Wales, Australia and of course Fiji all there in Pool C. Uh, Australia finishing off their game so it will depend on now Fiji uh, against Portugal. Uh, to join Wales in in uh, the quarterfinal from Pool C and Pool D, um, England, Argentina and Japan. So England uh, uh, leading, and it will have to be Argentina and Japan when they meet uh, over the next weekend uh, to decide who from those two teams will uh, will will get in. Samoa still has an outside chance. Uh, if they can uh, beat England, uh, but um, that is going to be a tough ask uh, at this time. Nakalesa, thank you so much for your time and for your ongoing coverage. That's Pacific Ways for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, till Fast Week 4.